turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. This is part two of my series on the gospel according to Jesus, taking specifically the words of Jesus and talking about the good news of salvation in Him, because He is the source of it. And it's not that uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, are wrong, or, or John, um, are, are wrong in, their, um, in what they have here. Um, but, but I want to specifically look at what Jesus has says is the gospel. Um, the Apostle Paul lays out what the gospel is so nicely in Romans and organizes it, but it all comes from the source, Jesus Christ. And I kind of want to look, look more precisely at what Jesus says about the gospel and the good news of salvation. So in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 13, <clears throat> did I skip something? No, I didn't. Here we go. Okay. Matthew chapter 13. I mean, Matthew chapter 4, verse 13. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. We hear so much today about social action and how important it is to um, uh, be the change you want to see in the world. And um, you know, young people today especially are being encouraged to uh, do things to, to change uh, their communities, to change the world for um, whatever better or for whatever good um, they happen to think. Um, uh, and, and, and they, they want to see good in the world. They want to see some goodness restored, and which is a noble cause and, and a noble thing. And um, you know, some of it, um, the change that we want to see in the world is, is charity-driven. We want to do good things for people who are in need and who need help. Some of, some of the social action that we go through is politically driven. We want to see changes at the top, and so we get involved in in politics, we get involved in certain groups uh, that, um, that, that, that are promoting um, certain values. Uh, some of them might call them uh, uh, political action committees or, or, or other organizations um, that, that are activists that, that want to um, um, promote change within the government, change within our laws, changes within our culture. And so we, um, we're told that if we want to change the world for the better, that we must act. 
But the problem a lot of times is that, um, you know, even well-meaning people, they, they become politically driven and, and, and they'll choose one side or the other and, and, um, and, and think that it's okay to promote certain things. I, I, I think the problem uh, that a lot of people have today is that um, truth has become relative to the person. In fact, we hear it all the time. My, my truth is this or my truth is that. And uh, a lot of times we, we, we think that my, my, my personal um, uh, conviction in, in going through a social action is, is that th this is my truth, this is what I think is important. And a lot of times it tends to be either partisan, one, one political side of the political aisle or the other, or it tends to be self-centered, self-focused, that this is what I want to see happen. I want to bend the world to my will and my way, um, but, 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 but we ignore the truth and we ignore reality. And, I, and I'll just say it, I think that's what we're seeing a, a, a lot of when we think about uh, the, these actions and, and these activists out there who are trying to uh, tear down traditional values and, and promote their own values and, uh, and, and say that those, those traditional values are oppressive, the only problem is that, that some of these social groups tend to be oppressive themselves and saying that it must be this way. And if you don't agree with me, I'm going to cancel you. And, and it becomes the root of a cancel culture. Um, but, you know, there, there is truth to be found in the world. There, there is beauty in truth. There, there, there is wonderfulness in truth. But it must be truth. And, and, and truth must be presented in love if, if people are going to accept it today. There are so many truth claims out there, including Christianity, there, 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 there's truth claims from, from the activists in, in like the LGBT community. There, there, there's truth claims in, in, in some of the um, uh, racial equity um, discussion. There, there, there's truth claims um, that, that people are, are making um, uh, in gender equality and things, those kinds of things. There, there's all kinds of truth claims being out there, but really and truly the truth means that there is one truth and one reality. And I believe that, that the Bible itself is, is the truth that comes from God Himself, the one who made everything. And, it, and it's ultimately the, the truth, that truth that matters. And if, and if we want to be socially minded and socially active and, and, and do the right things, we must first become the right people before God, accepting His truth, and then we can go out there and, and do His service. And I think what Matthew chapter 4 shows us here is that first there's a call to the gospel, to, to, to the good news of salvation, and secondly, there's a call to service that comes after that. And so, um, G, you know, the, um, Matthew is, is under the inspiration of God's Spirit is telling us about how Jesus began his ministry. He found out that his cousin, John the Baptist, was, was uh, killed by Herod. He, he was arrested and, and beheaded because he was preaching the good news of God's kingdom coming. Of course, that challenged Herod the king's rule, he thought, and so he had John killed. But Jesus, you know, he goes out and, and, and he, he stays sort of in the northern territory and he begins preaching. Um, if you've ever seen a map of Israel, the Naphtali and Zebulun were both tribes of Israel. They controlled the northern territory around the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus' hometown of Nazareth is, and, and the next village, um, the next big village there that he, he preached in was Capernaum, 
And, and the, all that surrounding area, that's where Jesus begins his ministry. And he kind of picks up where John the Baptist leaves off. John the Baptist, you know, he's called the Baptist because he loved baptizing people. And we're talking about baptism next, next Sunday. But he, he comes to, um, you know, people came all over to see John the Baptist out in the wilderness to be baptized in the Jordan River. And he was preaching, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus comes on the scene and, and Jesus is baptized by John. And, and Jesus, um, when, when he was baptized, it, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit came down and descended on him. And then he, the voice from heaven um, came out saying, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus begins his ministry and picks up where John leaves off. And it says in verse 17 here in Matthew 4, From that time Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Now we talked last week about John 3.16 where Jesus says, um, For all who believed in, in the good news of Jesus' coming into the world, they, they would be saved and, and, and belief in the Son Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world is key. But that also implies repentance. And now what is repentance? What does it mean to repent? Some people take the word repent and they think, okay, well it just means that I'm sorry for the things that, that I've done to other people. That, that there are bad things that, I, that I've done to other people. And, and, and we tend to be um, comparative when, when we do that, when, when, we do, when we look at it that way. Um, so, I, I did something to somebody that I probably shouldn't have done that was mean, that hurt them, and, 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 I, and I did it and I'm sorry for that. Or, or I did something that, that I wasn't supposed to do. I, I broke one of God's laws. And, and, and uh, because of, of the guilt of that, I, I'm sorry for what I've done. Now, <clears throat> there, there's one problem with that. And that is, what are you going to do from, from then on? <laughs> some, some people are, are sorry for the things that they've done and they feel guilty for them. But have they truly gone out and apologized for them? Have, have, they, have they turned to God and asked, and asked for forgiveness? Some people just uh, say, say, I'm sorry, and, and they go back and, and do the same thing over and over again that they were doing before. They, they, they get caught up in, in the pattern of all things. But true repentance here, in, 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 and I think it's reflected in, in the original word there used in the Greek, it literally means to change one's mind or to change one's path, to turn around. Yes, it's, it's about being sorry for our sins and, 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 and for the offenses that we've done to people, but especially that the, there are offenses that we've done to God. And, and, and if we have done something against another person and offended them and have hurt them by our actions, and, and by, by our sinfulness, what we've ultimately done is, is, is we've hurt God. Because God is good. Because God is love. Because God um, is not going also to, to allow sin to continue in His world. He's going to bring an end to it one day. But out of His love, as we said, He sent Jesus not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. 
Jesus is our example of how to live. Jesus is our example of what um, a life that, that is repentant looks like. We, we, we turn around fr from our path of, um, of uh, hurting people, of, of, of doing things like, like that God says are wrong, like uh, lying and stealing and, and committing adultery and promiscuity, whatever it is that, that, that's enumerated in, in those Ten Commandments. When, when, when we've done those things, we, we've done them against other people, but ultimately we've done them against God. And so what he is doing through the Son, Jesus Christ, is he's, that he's saying, God's kingdom has come, repent now. God's kingdom is, is here. Repent, turn away from your sins, and turn towards God. In fact, I would even say, and, and a lot of scholars will say the same thing, that when, when Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, what he really means is that God is here. Why is that? Because uh, the Jewish people respected the name of God so much that they wouldn't um, pronounce His name. Uh, they, they, they wouldn't say, you know, Jehovah or Yahweh is, is the Hebrew pronunciation of Jehovah. They, they wouldn't even say, you know, and, and, and even today when, when um, the Jews translate the Old Testament um, into English, they'll often leave the O out of the, out of the name of God. And uh, they, they, they won't pronounce the, God's name. They, they, won't, they won't say God. It's, it's Jesus' way of, of looking at the Jews and respecting, and, and respecting the, the, the tradition of not saying God's name. So he says the kingdom of heaven. So he really means God himself is near. And for the Jews, meant that, that meant that God's judgment was coming. If God's kingdom was coming to earth, that means His judgment was coming. So Jesus is telling them, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Repent because God's reign and rule is coming to the earth. And if we repent and turn away now, we have a chance to make it into His kingdom and to make it through His judgment that's coming against all wickedness and evil. If we turn now, and, and, and change our path and turn towards Him, we can receive His forgiveness. And what Jesus, of course, as we know, is setting up here is that something has to happen to our sins before we can really come to God. Repentance is part of it, but the fact that Jesus Christ, we talked last week, was going to be lifted up on a pole for the sins of the people. He would suffer and die on the cross. That would make atonement on the earth, purifying us from our sins and, and making a path back to God. Because uh, only Jesus could break the power of sin over the people's lives. And you know, with, with God too, on this thing of repentance, it's an even playing field. Because we know that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Paul tells us. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none who are righteous. No, no, not one, the Old Testament tells us. God tells us that over and over. We have no righteousness in ourselves that we can claim. All we can do is give ourselves to God and throw ourselves on His mercy and, and uh, believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, who has come 
to offer himself for our sins. And when we do that from the heart and, and truly do it, God forgives us and cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by His grace, by God's grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so the, the gospel call that goes out to all people, first and foremost, is to repent of your sins, turn away from those things, and turn back towards God. And that has to happen first before any kind of a real social action and social change can take place. Because the world, even though Jesus' light has entered into the world, the world is still a dark place. And even though um, through the cross the enemy has been defeated, the enemy is still alive and well on planet earth. We're talking about Satan and his works and his works in tempting people. We're talking about human hearts that, that, that are so darkened that, that all they do is, 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 is they love their sin and, and continue on in sin. And, and, uh, and, and in self-centeredness and in selfishness, the, the world is, is caught with, without God, the world is caught up in that. But when we turn towards God, we repent of our sins, we tell them that we're sorry for our sins and we want to change our lives, God sweeps in, He forgives us, cleanses us of those past sins, and sets us on the right path so that we can begin to do what's right in the world. And so the second half of this passage here that I read, beginning at verse 18, is about a call to service. There's, there's the gospel call, repent for the kingdom of heaven is, 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 is near. There's a second call that goes out, a call to service. So Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. And they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he calls out to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now it's interesting, their reaction here in verse 20, it says, They immediately left their nets and followed him. Now how many of you today, when you hear the call to service in God's kingdom, would immediately drop everything that you were doing Leave your job, whatever that, that is, and go and follow Jesus Christ. Leave everything, uh, that, that, all of your work behind, and go and follow Him. I would guarantee there, there's not many people who would do that today. But that is exactly the kind of call to service that Jesus is asking us to do. And it may not actually mean abandoning your work. It might be you continue on in your work, and, 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 and uh, you uh, work through the gospel that way and, and, and you do uh, good deeds and good service in, in the name of, of God and in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, even through the work that you're doing. But, there, but, 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 but for all believers, there is a call to service. Some people are called in, in, into ministry and, and to ordain ministry. I remember, you know, I was uh, teaching public school. I was really struggling in public school, so I was kind of happy I left it. Um, but, but when I was teaching, um, you know, I, I wanted to hold on to that job. I said, this is my job security. God had called me to, to, uh, to the ministry in the late 90s, and I was entered into the course of study working on my local preacher. 
and, um, and, and I was still teaching public school, but, but even after I had, I had attained that, that, that license and that level, I kind of wanted to stop and continue teaching public school. And, and, but, but God got a hold of my heart. And, and, and through other people, other pastors, uh, I was talking to going into seminary. And uh, I said, well, that means I've got to leave my job. And uh, God said, yep. <laughs> and so I, I, because of God's call, I, I left my career in teaching. I, I, I left that behind. I, I even left family behind and moved to Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, I lived there for about four years completing seminary and another four years uh, doing ministry down there. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back or, or to be prideful or, or to show off. I'm just saying that sometimes God calls people to do that. To, 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 to leave their current job and their current position and, and to go and follow Jesus and present the gospel. But because we, we are um, in God's kingdom, He's called us to be disciples just like He called these men to be disciples. And, and, and disciples follow Jesus. They follow His pattern of living. And, and we know that, that in, in the gospels that, that were written, that there's lots of stories of Jesus going around preaching and telling people about the good news of the kingdom, touching and healing people. Feeding them, even. And, and, and feeding them in, in miraculous ways. Je Jesus, you know, he took uh, two little fishes and five loaves of bread. We used to sing that song all the time. And was able to multiply it um, by his power to feed 5,000 men. But Jesus went around doing good for people. We also know that, that, uh, that the dis disciples had a money box that they, would, they, they had and then they, they collected money in, in order to do charity for, for people in, in other areas. It talks about that. In fact, it says that uh, one, of the, one of the sins of Judas, the betrayer, was that he had control of the money box and he loved stealing from it. Which is sad. <clears throat> but there, there, there's a call to salvation that comes first. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, for your salvation, and, and you will be saved. But then there's a call to service, too. That, that there's a call to follow the pattern of Jesus' life, and all of His life was about service. And when we're following Jesus, we're following the call to serve others. A call to salvation a call to follow Jesus in His pattern of living and in service. And without the, the service part, we have to wonder, I have to wonder sometimes, what God has done in the person's heart and life. That There are evidences of, of one's salvation, of one's repentance. And one of them is, is that we seek to do the works that Jesus called us to do. Sometimes we, we call it um, uh, good works. Now, we've heard over and over again in, in Christian circles that good works don't save us. And I agree. I understand that. Good works do not save us from our sins. Because it can put us into this mindset where um, my good deeds can outweigh my bad deeds. And so... Um, I'm going to keep on trying to do good, good things to balance out the bad things 
that are going on in my life. And hopefully, you know, by the time um, my, God comes, um, my, my good things are going to outweigh my bad things and I might make it into heaven. I mean, th- that, that's a pretty precarious scale and it's a lot more arbitrary. But God has made it an even playing field by saying... Your salvation is dependent on whether or not you believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, and His salvation for sins. That makes the way of getting into heaven very simple and very easy. But I think sometimes believers like like to think that, okay, well, as long as I'm a good person, I'm going to go to heaven. But that's a very relative idea Especially if you're not looking to God's standard. And God has a standard that's very, very high. And we really can't meet that standard if we're trying to do it on our own. The only thing, and this is why God did all this. This is why He set up salvation in the way that He did. He's saying, you have to come to Me, surrender yourselves to Me, ask Me for forgiveness of sins, And I'll give it to you because the Son has already paid for all of those bad things that that you've done through His sacrifice. And if we simply come to Him and ask Him to forgive us of our sins in humility and not in in pride, then He will forgive us. And I think that's the key. We don't want to humble ourselves to the Lord. We, we, we don't want to give up the things that, that, that we're doing. We, we don't want to bend our knee to Him, even though He loves us and cares for us. We, 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 we think that we're giving up our freedom when we come to Him. In fact, even the language of Scripture talks about, you know, uh, in your former life you were slaves to sin, and now you're slaves to righteousness. Well, my goodness, um, if you think about all the benefits of righteousness... Um, you know, it, it's not meant to be a slavish thing. We don't, we don't like the, the imagery of slavery, but what Paul is talking about there is that there's only two ways in life to be. You're, you're either caught up in, in, in the world and its sinfulness and, and in darkness and evil and cannot escape it, or you're in God's camp where, where, where there is love and life and, and, and there, there's goodness to serve God is, it, is to love God and to love the world. And, that, and, that, and that's the mark of service. God has great and wonderful things that He wants to give to us if we'll but come to Him. And, and I'm not just talking about material things, although God can, can bless us materially. I believe that. But God wants to bless us with much more than that, and that is joy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit. He talks about that. The kingdom of heaven is not about eating and drinking, but, but, of, of a, but of love and peace and of joy in the Holy Spirit. God wants to give us wonderful things in this life with the promise of an eternal life later on in His kingdom. To be with Him. But that involves a call to repentance first and foremost, believing in the Son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of our sins. Then it involves a call to follow Jesus, which is a call to service. To go out and, and, and do the works that God has called us to do. Proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ is one of them. 
we got to tell other people about the good news of salvation. Because otherwise, because of, of their sinfulness and because of the darkness that's out there in the world, people are caught up in it, and, and, and they're trapped by it, and they, they can't escape it unless someone gives them the light, which comes directly from God through us to them when we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Tell others about what Jesus has done in your life. Say that there's forgiveness of our sins and, and, and there's freedom from, from, from the oppression that we're under because of what Jesus Christ has done. And then there, there, there's the call to go out and, and do the things, to love our neighbor as ourself. To do, as Paul said, do good to the household of faith first, and then we do good to others outside. It's through our, our, our loving good deeds that people will see the light of Christ and will come to Him and, and want to be part of His kingdom. But, that, but there has to be, first and foremost, the call of the gospel. Repent of your sins. Believe in the Son, Jesus Christ. And then there's the call to service, to follow Him, to follow after Him, to, to follow Jesus' pattern of life, to, to follow Jesus in, in doing the good that He did in the world. But one informs the other. You can't have one without the other. Repentance means a transformation in our life, allowing God to work in our lives to, to purge us from the wickedness and evil and sin in our hearts, but then also replaces it with His love, and especially a love for Him and a love for others. Because God is love, the Bible tells us. So I hope that, that you have, first and foremost, repented of your sins, and you can do that either here at an altar or right there where you're sitting today. And say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I know that you came to this earth to suffer and die. I believe that you are the Savior. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And then say, Lord, show me what you want me to do. Show me what good you want me to do in the world. Teach me, disciple me, Lord. Show me, help me to follow you. How many to become fishers of men like these men were? The gospel call, and then there's the service call. And I hope that you understand both today. Let's stand.